today on the Locked On Blues podcast, it is Mailbag Friday, the second annual, and by annual I mean weekly. I don't know, but you're trying to make this a thing during the off season, answering your questions. I got a lot on Twitter, so I'm gonna be going through those variety of topics. Lots of fun stuff. Should be a good episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. You don't know me. I've been doing this show for a while. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. I tweet about the Blues, a little bit about the Celtics, a little bit about hockey in general. Good stuff there. Uh, if it's your first time listening, thanks for being here. If you're coming back after listening for a while, also thanks for being here. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, whatever various podcast platform you're listening to me on. Hit that follow or subscribe button. That way, whenever a new episode comes out, you'll be the first to know. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into some questions. After I say thank you for everyone making... Locked on Blues, your first listen. Free and available on all podcast platforms. You know the drill. Anyways, let's just jump into it. Got a bunch of good questions from you guys. Variety of topics. Should be lots of good stuff to talk about. The first question comes from Jacob on Twitter. It says, from the looks of it, it seems that some key Blues players, such as Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Cairo, and more, will be free agents after this season. Do you think any of them should be traded before the contract expires or rather take a chance to bring them back in the future. Now, I like the, the the wording there. You know, you could have said, do you think any of them could be traded? And like, I could sit here and speculate all day of whether or not players would get traded. But you said should be traded. And that really changes things. And I don't have a definitive answer now. And that's because I don't know what their blues are going to be doing um, next season. You know, I don't know what their what their record is going to look like at the trade deadline and all that stuff. Um First of all, I will just say no no chance that they're trading Kairou, uh, in my mind. Um, he's going to be an RFA, so there's really no risk of Jordan Kairou going anywhere in free agency. Uh, the Blues should have a pretty much a guaranteed opportunity to lock him up long term unless they have a Matthew Kachuk type situation on their hands. Um, again, they the front office knows more than I do on that. So, you know, maybe if Jordan Kairou is indicating that he's going to pull a Matthew Kachuk and go to arbitration and not resign afterwards, then maybe that's the only circumstance I could see you trading him. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, I can't see them trading him at the deadline just because the Blues are more than likely going to be in a competitive state at the trade deadline. Um, even if they're not like looking like they're going to contend for a Stanley Cup, they're still likely going to be a team that's pushing for a playoff spot no matter what. And trading away your captain in the middle of the season would be a huge blow to morale and I think would just kind of shake up the locker room a little bit too much um, and piss off the fan base a little too much. So I don't think Ryan O'Reilly gets traded at the deadline. Vladimir Tarasenko, on the other hand, I wouldn't say he should get traded at the deadline, but there is definitely a scenario out there where, um, you know, you're, you're middling at the deadline. You're not doing that well. He's having a great year. His value is really high. Uh, and and then you trade him. But with the recent trades of guys like Max Pacioretty uh, for nothing, I think the value on Tarasenko right now is very, very low. And I think, not I think, I know that Doug Armstrong would rather have 
a year's worth of production from Vladimir Tarasenko and have him walk at the end of the year rather than trade him for like a you know mid-round pick. So it's a good question. I don't think any of them as of right now should be traded at the deadline, but if the Blues are like under 500 somehow at the trade deadline, then we might be having a different conversation. Next question comes from Jay. Uh, does DA find that desperate buyer for Vladdy? What should Blues fans expect to get in return for such a trade? So I pretty much just covered it. I don't think the market on Tarasenko is very high. If it was, he would have been traded by now. Um, I think uh, Jeremy Rutherford had a really good article in The Athletic talking about this and pretty much uh, mimicking what I just said in the sense that if Doug Armstrong isn't happy with the potential return for Vladimir Tarasenko, if it's just looking like low-level prospects and mid-round picks, he would rather have another year of production from Tarasenko and have him leave for nothing rather than trade Tarasenko for assets that might not turn into anything. So if he does get traded, I'm prepared to be underwhelmed. I think Blues fans should be prepared to be underwhelmed just because the Blues don't have a ton of leverage there. He is on an expiring deal. He has publicly maybe wanted out for a little bit of time now. Um, he's had some injury history. Uh, he is a great player. He had a great year last, uh, great season last year, and I'm expecting him to have a really, really good season this year, given the fact that he's in a contract year and a lot of his success just kind of hinges on how engaged he is and I would expect him to be more engaged than ever this season as he is in a contract year so who knows maybe things will change maybe the market will heat up and he'll have a great year and the blues will be like I said like under 500 but the flip side of that is if he has a great year I think it means the blues are going to be doing well you know because when he's scoring lots of goals the blues are winning games so I I don't think Vladimir Tarasenko is going to get traded at the trade deadline. And if he does, I don't think the Blues are going to have some sort of massive haul in return for him. But hey, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, I'm not expecting anything too too exciting on that front, though. But hey, we'll see. Um, got a couple more questions to get through, obviously. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor. And that is Built Bar. I've been talking about them literally forever. They're one of our longest-term sponsors. If you've listened to the show before, you've probably heard me talk about Built Bar, but it's for good reason. They're legitimately delicious. I know you probably hear this all the time, like people with sponsored ads, like, oh yeah, they're great. No, I actually love eating the Built Bars. They send me some in the mail every once in a while. They're gone in that night. They're so delicious. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, which are my favorites, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Oh my God. Please send me some Built Bar. I will eat those so fast. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Now, if you guys don't know what a Built Puff is, I'm going to go off script here because I, I, I do want to plug it. It's like this little chocolate kind of light coating with marshmallow inside. It really feels like you're eating a s'more. And s'mores are maybe my favorite dessert in the world. Built Puffs are really close to that. And they're good for you. The cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So go to built.com right now. Use that promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. That's right. Your whole order, 15% off. You're saving yourself money and you're getting delicious built bars. Use promo code locked 15 at built.com. Don't miss out. They're so delicious. You will not regret it. Be right back with the second half of today's episode and some more mailbag questions. 
All right, all right, all right. Got a couple more questions to go through on today's episode before we wrap things up for this week and head into hopefully it'll be a lovely weekend for you guys. I got some fun stuff planned, so hopefully you guys do too. But still gonna talk some hockey. Got a couple of questions in the DMs from JTAP and honestly, shout out JTAP. Second half of the episode, it's all you, baby. You gave me like six questions. We're gonna go through all of them. Question number one: What do you see the ceiling of Rob Tom being? I personally think he has the potential to be a top 10 player at his position and his contract will be extremely team friendly very soon. Yeah, Robert Thomas is a guy that I have been high on ever since the Blues drafted him. Um, He has a lot of intangibles, you know, his hockey IQ, the way that he sees the game, the way that he's able to make these ridiculous passes. He has a lot of things that you can't really teach and those have always been present. If you listen to the show, like way back when we started and Robert Thomas was not at this star level yet. You know, he was putting up like 40 points in a season. Uh, One thing that Tommy and I talked about a lot back when Tommy did the show is that he pretty much had everything in his game besides the scoring, you know, besides the points, besides the statistics. He had the the IQ. He even had a little bit of defense. He was good on the face-off circle. He made great reads. He stayed out of the penalty box. Like There was every tool there of a really complete elite player besides the offensive production and that's not to say he wasn't good offensively he was setting his teammates up it just he wasn't getting lucky almost you know he was a little bit hesitant to shoot the puck stuff like that and then all of a sudden this last season it really felt like he put that together and he even though he had by far his best statistical season last year I don't think he improved all that much from previous years and that's not to knock him that's a compliment to him he has been a really good player for a really long time for this team it's just the numbers took a little bit to catch up. And that's kind of similar to a lot of players in Craig Berube's system. He kind of stresses defense and and team play first. The offense comes later. We saw it with Jordan Cairo. Um, So I I think for that reason, I think he's only going to get better. Um, Scoring was way up in the NHL last year. So I'm going to be interested to see what his numbers look like next year, if it kind of balances out, or I don't even shouldn't say next year, this, this upcoming season. Um, but I think he's primed to be the Blues' number one center. I think Ryan O'Reilly might be the first-line center, but Robert Thomas is primed to be their number one center. He just signed a big deal. The front office views him as the next face of the franchise, and for good reason. You know, this the Blues organization doesn't put their trust in players like that a lot. You know, the last long-term contract we've seen given out to forwards like that that are homegrown were, was Vladimir Tarasenko, and we all know how that turned out. He is, you know, on pretty much every leaderboard, um, for St. Louis Blues and like goal scoring points, all that stuff. He has been a very, very good player uh, with the St. Louis Blues. So they know that they have some special talent in Robert Thomas. His ceiling, I think a top 10 player at his position is is possible. I mean, the center position is very, very, very deep in the NHL. And not being top 10 isn't, isn't exactly an, uh, a knock on him. It's just to say that that position is really deep and there's a ton of talent there. But, I mean, he shows flashes of being an extremely good player. You know, he looks like a veteran in this league. And he's almost getting close to veteran status at this point. Um, But he's still really young. He's still got a lot to learn, a lot to grow as he gets even stronger and even more confident with his shot. That's the one thing, by the way, is he's a tremendous playmaker. And I think this past season he kind of figured out that he could score the puck as well. Um, And as we get a sort of balance in Robert Thomas's game between scoring and shooting and or not scoring and shooting, scoring, shooting and passing, I should say, his game is going to only improve because if teams have to start respecting Robert Thomas's shot as well as his passing, which he has a great shot. 
Um, I, th- I would say an above average, near elite shot when he uses it. Um, if he if teams have to start respecting his his shooting, it's going to open up more passing lanes. And I don't think there's a player on the St. Louis Blues, and I don't think there are many players in the NHL. Yeah, that's right. Hot take. I don't think there are many players in the NHL that are better at threading the needle through minuscule passing lanes than Robert Thomas. He is so, so gifted at that. And if teams start respecting him as a shooter as well as a passer, those passing lanes are just going to get bigger and more potent. Um, But at the same time, it's going to make him a nightmare to defend because if he is such an elite passer, which he already is, and then he is able to develop this above average to elite shot into something that he can use all the time and score, heck, 25, 30 35 goals I might be a little might be a little ambitious but I think it's possible just with the way that he's able to you know create for himself and open up the game on offense I really think he has the potential to be a 100 point player in this league um you know majority assists but if he starts scoring goals too absolutely one of the best players um at his position in the league and easily easily a player that you can build your team around and that's what the Blues want to do uh, JTEP has a part two for that question. Same question, but for Kairu, I'm personally a little less optimistic with him. I think the ceiling is high, but from the inconsistencies, I'm not sure if he will reach what we expect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, you described it perfectly. I honestly think in terms of dynamic skill goes, I think Kairu's ceiling is a little bit higher than Robert Thomas's. I mean, he's shown flashes of being one of the most skilled, fun-to-watch players in this league, but the inconsistencies are definitely there. We've seen two seasons in a row where Jordan Kairu gets out to an absolutely torrid start, just lighting the league on fire, scoring highlight reel goals, making ridiculous passes, all that, and then he slows down in the second half. Um, the decline in the second half wasn't nearly as drastic this year as it was last year, which is good. Um, you know, it, it goes to show that maybe those inconsistencies aren't going to be quite as uh, prevalent, but we've definitely seen it where Jordan Cairo can have, it's a tale of two players for him. He can have a game where he looks like he's the best player on the ice, and then he can have a game where he's invisible and only gets like 11 minutes of ice time. So because of those inconsistencies, I agree. I'm definitely a little less optimistic. I think the floor is lower on Jordan Cairo than it is with Robert Thomas, but the ceiling might be higher with Jordan Cairo than it is with Robert Thomas. And I think if he gets a little bit more freedom, I think Berube uh, could use to trust him a little bit more and, and understand that the, the defensive lapses are, you know, you're willing to eat those if it comes with the dynamic offense that he has. So I think if Jordan Cairo gets the sense that he's not on as short of a leash as he's been on in the past, he's going to be even better player. I'm excited to see how he starts the season next year because he always starts it on an absolute torrid pace. But those two players, I think, are players that you can really build your core around long term all right moving on another question from jtap of course pretend you're army and it is deadline time and we are clearly not going to contend given the contract implications in the near future who are you moving and what are you looking for in return picks prospects roster players yeah, I mean, I've been talking about that a lot um, in today's episode. I think the first the first guy that comes to mind is Vladimir Tarasenko, but that might be easier said than done. I think it's hard to move him, and that's why he hasn't been moved yet. Another guy, Tori Krug, Marco Scandella, but there's a reason why Marco Scandella hasn't been, excuse me, traded yet. Um, and I think there's another, yeah, JTAB asked another question about that, so I'll kind of answer that um, in two and uh, two and one. Uh he asked if Scandella's contract run through 2024. Do you ride it out or do you dump it? So Scandella is a guy that is really hard to move for the St. Louis Blues. They've been trying to move him. He's been on the trade block for a while. And 
St. Louis Blues have not done a buyout since Doug Armstrong has been at the helm, so they're not buying out his contract. And maybe they could trade him at the deadline. That would kind of be my number one option as a guy that they could trade at the deadline, but I don't think it's going to be that easy. I don't think the market on him is very high, and for that reason, I think... I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I don't think this trade deadline for the St. Louis Blues is going to be that exciting, even if they aren't in a contending spot. But hey, maybe I'll be wrong. All right, anyways, in this upcoming third and final segment, I will be covering the final few questions. Actually, just one question. So I'll get into that and more. Make sure you stay tuned. All right, one final question. From JTAP, do you think Hofer will be ready to go next year along those lines? If Bennington does incredible this year, do you see them going back to a 1A, 1B situation, or is more likely that Hofer is a true backup? Yeah, I mean, I think Hofer could be ready to go this upcoming season, but I think the reason why they signed Thomas Grice is because they want to give him a full season of starter minutes in the AHL. Um, goalies take a long time to progress, and goalies are weird. You know, goalies have such an important um, emphasis on confidence and stuff like that, and I think the worry there is if you bring Hofer up too early and Bennington struggles, Hofer isn't a guy that is ready for starting caliber minutes in the NHL, and as much as I don't think Thomas Grice is either, I would rather, you know, if Bennington if Bennington has uh, another season where he's just inconsistent and can't handle starter minutes, the Blues probably aren't going to make the playoffs regardless of who's behind them, regardless if it's Thomas Grice or Joel Hofer. So the question really comes down to who would you rather eat those starts and probably eat those losses if Bennington can't handle the starting load. And I would rather have Thomas Grice, you know, at the tail end of his career, go out there and, and you know, be the starter. If worse comes to worse, Bennington can't handle it because at least you don't have to worry about um, his confidence getting destroyed and his you know, progression getting destroyed. I would rather wait on Hofer and, and have him be fully ready to step into a backup role when he comes in and, and have him be, you know, a solid backup goalie and not be thrust into the spotlight like he might end up being if he is um, on the roster this upcoming year. I would expect him to spend the full year in the AHL. Um, hopefully Jordan Bennington is incredible this year. And if he is, I would suspect that this year it's going to be a not a 1A, 1B, a 1 and a 2. I would expect if Jordan Bennington has a great year, I'm expecting him to start more than 50 games uh, and hopefully win a good chunk of those because that's what it'll take for the Blues to make it back to the playoffs. Uh, I don't don't want to see Thomas Grice starting in more than like 20 games, uh, 25 maybe. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's really going to depend on Jordan Bennington. I think a lot of this upcoming season depends on Jordan Bennington and his ability. Uh, that being said, though, that is all the time I have for you today. Thank you all so much for sending in your questions. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way you never miss a new episode. Like I said, subscribe to the YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. You can uh, follow Locked On Blues on all of the various social accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.